to uh, just go to the Lord in prayer. Uh, as we see those cases uh, rise, uh, we need to see a decline. I, I know uh, our Premier Kenny has been really uh, getting a lot of flack for not shutting Alberta down, uh, but he's hanging in there, and uh, hopefully that with some new restrictions here over these next few weeks, we'll start seeing a decline. But I think as a church, we have a responsibility to be praying that and uh, not just doing our due diligence, but also to be praying that those numbers go down. So we're just going to do that before we go to the Word of God here this morning. Heavenly Fathers, we come to you, God. I, I thank you that you're a good God and that you are concerned about us as individuals and as a people. And Lord, we have been praying, and Lord, but we are feeling the need to pray even more. And Father, we know that prayer changes things. And prayer can change even when disease runs rapid, even when there's plagues that uh, come against our land. All through the Word of God, you tell us that if we want to see things stopped, pray. Turn from our wicked ways. Begin to call upon the name of the Lord. And so, Lord, we're doing that. We're, we're, we're looking to you, God, and we're saying, God, we speak mercy today. We call out for mercy today. And that, Lord, these COVID numbers would decrease in the name of Jesus Lord, we think here in our own community, uh, uh, Saddle Lake, Lord, there's uh, numbers there. And, uh, Lord, they had a, a, a month or so ago there, Lord, where they had numbers rise up. They did a great job, and they got those numbers down. And so, Lord, we're just going to believe that, God, you're going to help them, that those numbers will come down. Lord, even in St. Paul, the actual town, Lord, with cases here, we're praying that, Lord, those numbers would go down in Jesus' name. And, Lord, right across this nation of Canada... God, we're praying that the numbers would go down and that, Lord, healing would occur. And, Lord, for those that, uh, Lord, have uh, gotten this virus and it's, uh, Lord, gotten uh, maybe the worst part of it and they're hospitalized, God, we just pray that you would give the doctors wisdom and, Father, you would just touch each one there as well and to bring healing in the name of Jesus. Lord, if it's a vaccine that we need, then, Lord, we pray give our uh, doctors and scientists the wisdom that they need uh, that, Lord, that this can be over, that this season of testing can be over. And so, God, we just want to pray that and uh, ask for that, Lord. We're asking for our Lakeland region, Lord, that has been uh, relatively untouched, Lord, until now where we're starting to get some. And so, Father, we're just praying, intervene, and, and Lord, just begin to bring healing. And, Lord, we just pray uh, against the spread of this infection in the name of Jesus and that things will have a big turnaround. And we just want to pray that and believe for that and uh, join with others, Lord, and doing our part as a church, we're called to pray. And so, Lord, we just want to do that here today as we uh, pray against this COVID. In Jesus' name, amen. And I pray you will continue to do that at home as well, to continue to uh, pray about this. It is an issue that we need to be praying. And as a church, uh, people are looking to us to be uh, praying and uh, calling on the Lord. Well, this morning, I want to talk about a kind of a different subject. might sound a little bit scary at first, but it really isn't. And I want to talk about Judgment Day. Uh, there is a, a day that is coming. The Bible says it very clearly that a day is coming, the great judgment when, uh, will occur. But I want to talk about that readiness. And uh, as Christians, it shouldn't be a day that we fear at all. The world maybe should fear it, but not as a Christian. And so I just want to take a look at that this morning, and I'm going to be turning to 1 John 4, 17, 7 to 19. 
First uh, Corinthians uh, 13 is considered the love chapter. I would kind of consider this the second love chapter in the Bible. And uh, so we're just going to read that text here this morning. It says, Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us. And his love is brought to full expression in us. And God has given us his spirit as proof that we live in him and he in us. Furthermore, we have seen with our own eyes and now testify that the Father sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. All who declare that Jesus is the Son of God have God living in them, and they live in God. We now know how much God loves us, and we have put our trust in his love. God is love, and all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. So we will not be afraid on the day of judgment because we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. Such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment. And this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. We love each other because he first loved us. Praise his name. The Lord bless his word to our hearts this morning. Well, this morning, I want to share about Judgment Day readiness, being ready to meet God. Now, whether that day, uh, whenever that day might come, we don't know when that day will be, but we know there is a day appointed where there will be the judgment. And as we read the scriptures here, it tells us that we should be living in such a way that we would not fear this day. Verse uh, 17 again, as we live in God, our love grows more and more perfect, so we will not be afraid on the day of judgment, but we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. I realize that during this COVID time, there's a lot of fear that is out there. Well, the Bible talks about something far worse than any COVID. And as you look at the plagues in the Bible, they are far worse than any COVID. And we recognize there's fear. Well, you know, God says you don't have to live in fear. That's not something as Christians that we should be living in fear. And I want to be talking about that here this morning, that you can apply that not just to judgment, but you apply it to COVID or anything else that might come your way. Now, the day of judgment is a real event. It will take place at the end of time. And as we look around our world today, I think we all can realize, that, you know, I think that day is drawing closer and we're getting near that time. The Bible talks a lot about the end times. Uh, sometimes we don't like to read those scriptures. Sometimes we kind of bypass those scriptures. But the Bible likes to talk about it quite often in scripture. We, we showed this uh, movie here a little over a month ago about the days of Noah. And I'd like to read a portion of that, of that story out of Matthew where Jesus tells about the story. And he says, when the Son of Man returns, it will be like it was in Noah's day. In those days before the flood, the people were enjoying banquets and parties and weddings right up to the time Noah entered his boat. People didn't realize what was going to happen until the flood came and swept them all away. And that is the way it will be when the Son of Man comes. It's telling us that we do need to be prepared because there is a day that is coming when the Son of Man will return, when Jesus Christ 
does return. And it tells us that we need to be ready. That's a very important aspect uh, in the Bible where the Bible talks about this need for us as Christians. We need to be ready. The world needs to be ready, not just Christians. The whole world needs to be ready. And it's a reality that God reminds us of hundreds of times uh, throughout the Bible. And so obviously that's telling you this is something that's important if God keeps telling us about it hundreds of times in the Scriptures. Now, the apostles of Christ, they also warned us of this day, and they encouraged people to be ready and aware that each person is going to stand before God and give an account. 2 Corinthians 5.10 says, For we must all stand before Christ to be judged. We will each receive whatever we deserve for the good or evil we have done in this earthly body. So we're all going to give an account, every one of us. We're going to stand alone before God and give an account for what we've done in our lives. Now, as you think about that, I don't know what kind of emotions rise up within you. Uh, For some people, that causes them to be a little bit worried. For some people, that causes them to be thinking that, you know, maybe there's a few things that I still need to work on. Now, there might be a few other people that say, oh, I don't even believe in that kind of stuff, and you're not concerned at all. Well, there's a lot of different emotions that people can express when they think about the judgment. For a lot of people, there's an uneasiness. For a lot of people, there's a fear of this day. Now, I'm not trying to to scare you or or work you up into that, but I do want to make you aware that there is a judgment day coming, and we need to be ready for that day. The Bible talks about it often, and if the Bible talks about it, so should we. Now, I also want you to be aware of what the Bible does say. You know, people today are putting so much of their faith and their trust in what others are saying. People are trusting in opinions and social networks and media reports and even some religious leaders of what they have to say instead of what the Bible has to say. And I want to caution you today, be very careful of what you're hearing out there and pay attention to what the Bible is actually saying. And that's something that we as a church consider very, very important, that we want to present to you what the Bible has to say. We don't want to be coming across with a bunch of opinions. We want to be coming across to you with what God's Word has to say. And that's important to us. Now, the problem of Noah's day was not that Noah failed to preach properly to the people of that time. I've been reading a lot of books of lately and I was kind of thinking uh, as I was looking at this portion of Noah. Well, Noah preached during all those years as he was building the ark, and he had no converts. So into today's society, in today's world, uh, how you are as a preacher, he would have been considered a failure because he got no one. No one got saved. No one came to the Lord. But see, we kind of forget some things here. I think Noah did a great job. Here he was taking a step of faith, building an ark that no one had ever seen before, building it on land, not even near any water. And uh, he was doing this in front of whole, the whole world. And the problem was not his preaching. His problem was, which it is today, is that people were following their own desires. People were following what they were hearing everybody else say, which is so much like our world today. We accept, we agree with everything that our world is saying, and we kind of shut out what God says and says, I I really don't know that stuff that God says is really true. So we're very much like the world of Noah's day. 
we're going on with life, we're, we're thinking everything is a-okay, and we're not even thinking about a possible time where there may be a judgment, and we need to stand before God. Well, again, the Bible is very clear that a day of judgment is coming, a day of reckoning. And the question we need to ask ourselves is, are we ready? Should Jesus Christ return today, or if your life is taken from you today, are you ready to meet God? Now, I realize some people, I remember years ago, people used, oh, that's that old fire brimstone uh, kind of preaching, and you know, you're just trying to scare people. I'm not trying to scare you. I'm trying to tell you there's a reality that you need to be ready to meet your God. Because you know what? Accidents happen. We see that every day, even around our own community. Accidents happen. People die. Uh, some people are dying from our COVID. And so those aren't expected times. And yet the Bible says, are you ready? Are you ready? Should that call come today? And so today I want to share with you how you can be ready for that day of judgment and how that in being ready that that day would not scare you or bring fear into your life because God doesn't want you to have fear. That's not God's desire. God desires no one to perish. And so he reveals in his word how not to perish. But something, obviously, we need to be paying attention to. And as he says that, he also tells us how we don't need to fear as well. So that's what we're going to talk about this morning in this place, where we don't have to have fear and how we can be ready and at peace about this day of judgment that will surely, surely come. Well, the first thing the Apostle John tells us here in being ready for that day of judgment is to have accepted the love of God that has been extended to us. We see that in verses 9 and 10. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. See, God is love. Because he loves us, he desires that we do not perish. God doesn't want to see us to go to hell. God doesn't uh, you know, want to see bad things happen to us. And so it tells us that God sent his son, Jesus, to pay that price of sin, which was death. Jesus was that perfect sacrificial lamb. He made things right with God so that we might have eternal life in heaven with him. So God made a way. God loved us so much that he made a way through Jesus Christ, that we can be ready for eternity and whatever life may hold or bring our way. God so loved the world that he did. He gave us his only begotten son. That if we would believe in him, we wouldn't have to perish, but we would have eternal life. That's God's desire for the world. God does not have evil desires. God doesn't want to bring judgment upon the world. It's because we choose not to follow him that judgment will come. But God wants to bring us salvation. And that's really the gift that God has given through his son, Jesus Christ. And so we don't have to worry about the judgment if we receive the gift that God has given in his love, which is Jesus Christ. That's so very, very important. The Bible says there's no other name given among men by which we must be saved. There is no other way to heaven. And I realize as soon as you say that, well, 
you know, today's world that, oh, you can't say that today because, you know, that's not politically correct. Well, do you want to be politically correct or do you want to be biblically correct? And we want to be biblically correct. And that's what the Bible says. John 14, 6, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. So there is no other way to escape the judgment than through Jesus Christ. Now, you can choose to do as they did in Noah's time. Don't believe it. Oh, I think that's crazy, those stories. You can go ahead. You can believe whatever you want. But, friend, don't be like Noah's day, that when they found out this to be true, it was too late. You don't want that to happen. Don't make that mistake. See, now is the time to serve the Lord. Now is the time to prepare yourself for eternity. Now is the time to confess your faith in Christ that you might be ready to face that judgment without fear. Romans 10, 9 and 10, again, makes it very clear to us. It says, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God and it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. Sounds pretty simple. That's all we have to do is begin to accept this gift of God's love that he gave to us, Jesus Christ. And as we confess him, as we believe in our hearts, that we are saved. That's a good thing. And so if we have done that, then we really don't have to be worried about this judgment day. That Rather, we should have a confidence, because I'm ready. I'm ready. I've placed my faith in the right place. I placed my faith in Jesus Christ. I've accepted the love of God this gift that he gave through Jesus Christ. And that's an, an essential, crucial step in our readiness for eternity that brings us no fear. Once we do that, there's not a fear of that judgment because we've accepted the gift of God's love, Jesus Christ. And then secondly, we can know that we're ready for the coming judgment when we have God's love in us. See, when we open up our hearts to Christ, when we believe in him, we welcome him to be a part of our lives, and we choose to follow him, our life changes. We act differently. We feel differently because we've welcomed Jesus and his love in us. And so when we do that, God's love comes inside of us, and that love should naturally change us because now we have God's love inside of us. And that should automatically help us to start loving other people. So culture shouldn't hold us back or race or color shouldn't hold us back because if we have God's love in us, then we're going to start loving people. It's a sign. 1 John 4, 11, 12 says, Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us and his love is brought to full expression in us. And so when we look at our lives as Christians, when we open up our hearts to God, there's a new love that comes inside of us. It should be something that we notice and that we start to see that, wow, I'm starting to, to, to love people that I never loved before. Or that I, I'm loving people that before I didn't even care. And see, it serves as an evidence that a change has taken place in your life, that God is living inside of you, and he's showing himself through you and loving others. So 
that's the thing. See, love is a big deal for Christians. And if we're not displaying it, the Bible is also very clear that if we have not love, then really we have nothing. Our faith is futile, it actually says. See, you can't be a Christian and not love people. So when you look at yourselves and, and you're thinking of eternity, you're thinking of judgment, well, if you're seeing that love of God is starting to be manifested through you, it's kind of evidence to say, you know what? I'm in the right place. I prepare, I'm preparing myself. I'm writing myself for that day. So Jesus tells this new love inside of us is an evidence that a change has taken place in our lives. It, it even becomes the evidence to the world that we have become Christians. John 13, 35. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. So when we receive the love of God, when we welcome Jesus Christ into our life, there's a love that comes with that. His love starts to fill us on the inside. There's a new love that comes into our lives. And sometimes, you know, that's what our world needs. They often don't recognize that that's what I need. I need a love that comes from him, that's inspired by him to help me to live this life. And that's what he does. He brings that into our lives. And that love then begins to ooze out of us that we start loving one another. And when we see that, we don't have to fear judgment because we're doing what God has called us to do and we're responding and knowing that we are saved because that love is being shown in our lives. And so I think we need to be praying to open up our hearts to God even more and, and to ask God, God, give me a fresh impartation, fresh impartation of love. Maybe, you know, you, you haven't been doing so great of late. You know, sometimes you go through, like, for example, of COVID, you know, a lot of people are depressed, they're discouraged, they're down. Well, maybe we need to be praying, God, fill me afresh with your love. I just pray that your love will just start oozing out of me because there's a lot of people in our world right now that need love. And God said that's one of those signs that indicates things are okay, that you're ready on judgment day. So having God's love in us is a great indicator to say that things are well with your soul. Thirdly, in our readiness for the day of judgment, we have nothing to fear. We have the witness of the Holy Spirit speaking to us that it is well with our souls. 1 John 4, 13, and God has given us his spirit as proof that we live in him and he is he in us. You know, this is a wonderful confidence booster uh, for us in our faith, that when we open up our hearts to Jesus Christ, he comes into our lives and the Holy Spirit begins to bear witness with us that we are his, that we belong to God. And, and so there's this spirit inside of us that suddenly is making us aware that we are God's children, that we are loved of God, that God loves us and he cares about us, that we're, we're doing his will because there's a witness inside of us, the Holy Spirit. This is wonderful. You know, one of the old hymns, for those of us who are older here, uh, I like it says, you ask me how I know he lives. And the answer to that hymn says, because he lives Within my heart. How do you know you're a Christian? I know it because there's a witness of the Holy Spirit inside of me that's telling me that I am. And that's a wonderful confidence booster, a wonderful confidence that when we come to the judgment that I'm confident that things are going to be okay because I have Jesus inside of me. You know, and that's what God desires to do. 
that as we open up our hearts to him, he wants to come in. He wants to have fellowship with us. He wants to witness inside of us. Revelation 3.20, we sometimes quote that in, in, in many ways, but listen to it again. Look, I stand at the door and knock, Jesus says. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. See, Jesus wants your faith to be real. He wants to come on the inside. He wants to do a work not just on the outside. He wants to do a work on the inside. And he wants to come into our lives and bear witness with us that we are his. And that he wants to have fellowship with us, even like as the scripture says here, like we're sharing a meal together. That's called close fellowship. That's called close intimacy. And that's what God desires to do with us. And when we invite Jesus into our hearts and our lives, there's a witness there. There's a, he begins to speak to us and touches us, and we know that we know that we are saved and we're on our way to heaven. And so, friends, don't be afraid of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is that witness. He's that seal. He's that comfort that reassures you and guides you and leads you. And he confirms inside of you that you are God's. You're God's. You belong to him. Jesus, before he sent it to heaven, he told the disciples that he was sending a comforter. He said, so don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. I'm going to send you a comforter. There's going to be a tangible reality and sense that God is truly with you. He tells that to his disciples in John 14, 17. He says, he is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world can't receive him because, he is, because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. How do you know you're a Christian? How do you know that things are well with your soul? The Holy Spirit's going to tell you that. The Holy Spirit's going to witness that with inside of you and your inner being. He is real. He doesn't want you know, your faith to be something that's just in your head. Faith wants to be coming right in here. I know because the Holy Spirit resides in me. I am the temple of the Holy Spirit. So that witness is proof to you that things are well with your soul and that you're ready for whatever may come, even the day of judgment. Fourth reason why we can have a confidence that we're ready for judgment day is that we're living like Jesus. First John 4, 17. As we live in God, our love grows more perfect. So we'll be not afraid on the day of judgment because we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. Living like Jesus, we really want to become a Christian, it's going to show. Not just that we just love people, but our lifestyle is also going to be affected as well. We start to live like Jesus. That starts to become our goal. That starts to become our pursuit that we desire to live for Jesus. And when you feel that and sense that in your life and you're observing that in your life, then you can have a confidence when the day of judgment comes that things are going to be okay because you're living like Jesus. See, when we become a Christian, we have a heart transformation that then should lead to a lifestyle transformation from an inward work to an outward work. There needs to be a change, and Christians are to live different than the world. 
Now, I know we have many Christians today and sometimes even ministers today that encouraging Christians that, listen, you don't have to worry about how you live your life. You go out and just do anything that you want. You know, it's all covered. Don't worry about it. Lifestyle doesn't matter. Well, I don't know what kind of Bible they're reading. I think they're only reading bits and pieces. And friends, you've got to read the whole book. It comes as a whole book. You don't take bits and pieces and follow that. You take the whole book. And as you look at the whole book, it tells us lifestyle is something that's very, very important. Simply put, if you are a Christian, your lifestyle is going to change. And you're going to start living your life like Jesus. And that's a truth that's seen throughout all of Scripture. Now, Ephesians 5, if you want a good study in that, just read Ephesians chapter 5. Great chapter tells us about lifestyle changes. Listen to what it says in the first two verses of Ephesians 5. It says, imitate God. Therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children, live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice to us, as a pleasing aroma to God. I like that scripture because it, it talks to me about sacrifices that I've made as a Christian. You know, I've been hearing a lot of people say, you know what, I'm really sorry. I, I you know, in my, I live for God too much. And, and you know, I, I, I didn't do a whole lot of stuff. I stayed away from a lot of things in this world. And man, I, I shouldn't have done that. And I'm going to start doing it now. Friends, you need to realize when you make those steps to say you refrain yourself from some of the things of this world, the Bible says that is a sacrifice to God. It is considered a pleasing sacrifice. And the Bible says not only is it a pleasing sacrifice, it offers a beautiful aroma to God. It's just the same thing. And so we need to think of that. So you gave up some things as a Christian. So you gave up some things that you see other Christians doing, but you did it for God. Let me tell you something. That is a sweet-selling sacrifice, a sweet-smelling aroma that was offered to God. Don't ever go back and say, God, I want that back. I don't want to give that sacrifice to you. You need to leave that and say, thank you, Lord, that I've been able to do this for you. And then he goes on here to talk about behaviors. We're Christians. We need to change our lives. Ephesians 5 talks about fleeing immorality, talks about uh, fleeing things that are impure, greed and foolish talk, coarse, coarse jokes, obscene stories, idolatry. And then he goes on to say these words, don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins. There's a lot of, in Christianity today, they're trying to excuse their sin. Because the Bible says, don't be fooled by that because the anger of God will fall on all those who disobey him. That's what the scripture says. So he says, don't participate in the things these people do. For once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. You're to live as people of light. There's to be a change, lifestyle change. And so it's quite clear. So don't be deceived. Lifestyle matters. And when we have Jesus Christ inside of our lives, then we're going to live to please him. So when you see yourself living like Jesus, where your life is continuing to change and grow, and you're becoming more and more like him, it's another indicator that is well with your soul. You don't need to fear that day of judgment because you're already doing those things that God has called you to do. You're living like Jesus. And then lastly, 
We can know we are ready for the coming day of judgment when we're not afraid. Fear doesn't rule us. Rather, confidence does. Verse 17 and 18 of 1 John 4 again. As we live in God, our love grows more perfect, so we will not be afraid on the day of judgment because we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. Such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment. And this shows us that we've not fully experienced his perfect love. Sometimes as Christians, you know, we fear, are we ready? I know as a young person growing up in the church, I probably went to the altar more times than I can count and gave my heart to Jesus all over again. And you know what? I don't mind doing that. There's sometimes I just say, Lord, I just want to give myself afresh to you again today. And I, I often just say a prayer of repentance and, and Lord, just welcome it afresh into my life. Nothing wrong with that. But we don't want to be doing it because of fear. We want to be doing it because of love and that we want a greater intimacy uh, with the Lord in our lives. And so as we become a a Christian, faith is to grow. Of course it is. We're to pursue growth. But that growth will result in a confidence of your readiness with God where there will be no fear. If we do fear judgment, then the Bible says it's kind of an indicator there's something wrong. There's something wrong, and you need to, you know, whatever it might be, you need to deal with that if you have a fear. Because we shouldn't have a fear. If we're living the way we're supposed to be living, there should be no fear, but rather a confidence in the Lord our God. Now, I realize today, you know, we face so many distractions. You know, we're, we're blessed with so much we can do in North America. We really are. But, you know, sometimes distractions, even though there's nothing wrong with them, Sometimes they take us away from God and we don't pursue God like we should. And as we continue to get distracted by doing a whole bunch of other things instead of serving the Lord, what usually happens? Fear comes back in and confidence goes. But as we stay in a right relation with God, confidence grows and fear leaves. So we need to realize, we need to keep that relationship strong with the Lord. The Bible tells us that perfect love drives out fear. So as we stay in that relationship with God, stay in that love relationship with God, it casts out fear all the time. Are you worried about today? Are you worried about COVID? Perfect love will cast out that fear. Just get closer to God. What God tells us, read the word of God for yourself from Old Testament to New Testament. When plagues came upon the land, when disasters came upon the land, what does he say? Get close to me. Draw near to God. God will draw near to you. And as you draw near to him, that love gets stronger and that love takes the fear and casts it away. First, 2 Timothy 1, 7, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but power, love, sound mind. Seek the love of God. Keep pursuing the love of God. One day when that day does come, you'll be looking forward to seeing your Savior. You'll be looking forward to hearing the Lord say, come on in. I've been waiting for you. I've been waiting for you. Come on in, good and faithful servant. That's what we should be waiting for. We shouldn't be afraid the day of judgment. But if we do, it's an indicator that something's wrong. But if we don't have a fear, it's also an indicator that we're doing that which is right. (laughs) 